Welcome back to Buzzing with Bold, episode four. Are you kidding me? I thought this was going to last one. <laughs> We're here with four, back in the Buzz Lounge with the co-hosts, Simon Doherty, Chris Rockman, and a special guest, close friend of ours, Mr. Tanner Olstead. How the hell are you, Tanner? Hell, oh boys. It is good to see you. I love what you've done with the place. Uh, it's good to be back. Very excited. Thanks for having me, boys. Nice. Yeah, so Tanner Tanner was a coach with us for a couple years, uh, three years. This is three years ago, maybe. Yeah. Um, had a huge impact on our program and just an electric person that we had to get in here to the Buzz Lounge. Just made sense. So uh, super pumped that you're here, buddy. Uh, let's go around the horn a yeah, little thanks, bit here. Buddy. Rox, how are you How are you doing, bud? You know what? Uh, <clears throat> I've had kind of a uh, – I've had an interesting week here. So okay. uh, for those of you who don't know, I, I played senior hockey this year. Uh, this past weekend we lost in the yeah, final. For the yeah, wrong team. For the, well, yeah, we lost. But, <laughs> you know, it kind of hit me this past weekend. Like, I am just a second-place person. <laughs> you know wow. what I mean? Like, wow. I had to look myself in the mirror after this weekend – and it's just like, <laughs> holy shit, Jeez. I come second place a, a lot. lot. And, uh, you know, that's just something I got to deal with right now. And <laughs> I look forward at, uh, you know, how I can change to be better. That in might my, not be In my true. next sport. Well, you know, I, I've, I've won a few things, but, and I guess you, you lose more than you win, but for most people, but. Uh, hey, at least you're in the dance. God, yeah, and, and you know I'm what? just hey. sick of it. It's going to be on my tombstone well, second place. Here's what I want to want to know what's going on. Like, what's going on mentally when you're thinking about being a second placer? Uh, what happened back there when we just played, you just wow, rinsed you know, us at yeah. basketball. You, you came in first there. Well, again, it's You're not like, thinking about like, it. Like, give me a little bit of the internal dialogue that's going on in Chris Rockman's head. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, I've, it kind of came down to like, were you in the shower when you thought? No, about it? this was like afterwards when you're having beers with the boys, and it's like always like the sad beers. You know, yeah. you're never really like popping champagne. You can hear the other room just going nuts. The amount of time I've been down on one knee looking at the other team celebrating. Yeah, you've done it's it. It's like yeah, it's like this is wild. Uh, I haven't really been in a lot of moments where I'm celebrating, uh, and obviously being around the Dinos who just won and kind of being in that celebration with the boys down in the room. Uh, I really wanted it for myself in the uh. senior hockey league, <laughs> and uh, didn't come to fruition. But uh, you know, hopefully, I'll be in more opportunities who, where I can. Who won that? If you that. Lacombe Generals. Have you ever been there, yeah. Lacombe? Yeah, North of Red Deer. How are you? But uh, anyway, that's how I'm doing. Okay, uh, we're looking to get better, though. Slicker, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm uh, new I just, bracelets. What's that? Yeah, new I got bracelets. new bracelets. I got these in Vegas from a Buddhist monk, uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> I just needed to get all the good good energy that I could, and uh, I was I was on the craps tables on Sunday night, and it it actually worked. So, um, yeah, Vegas was a great time. Uh, I was there with Business for Unicorns. We we have some of the best people in the fitness industry, given their given their expertise on marketing, going over a little bit of leadership and some uh, quarterly planning. So, coming back with some good energy, feeling great. We got Tanner on the podcast. We're uh, we're riding, baby. Hold on, before we move on from this one, <laughs> Buddhist monk <laughs> yeah. in Vegas. Yeah. I got these from. Yeah, you know, on. that's not just like you know, you didn't go to some, you know, I don't even know where you find a monk. Like where Tibet. Do you yeah, who's, no, you found him on the side of the street. Yeah, who little, sold you those? Like, <laughs> yeah, like where did you where did you run into this guy? Did no, I'm not. A I'm not gonna kiosk on the side of the road here. Or what's going on? It's actually if you if you go to Vegas, there's all these little bridges to cross the cross the main main street. So I was coming across. I was looking for trying to find the other group or whatever it was, and then um, this guy grabbed me and he said, "Here, this is like this will give you peace." He gave me this little card. He said, "I want you to take these bracelets too," and he said. Uh, he said, like, do you have anything? And I said, here's five bucks. Yeah. And so I did. It was a little bit of an exchange, but here's what I can tell you. Uh, I'm 1,600 up from that moment. No. And wow. uh, when I, you know, I, I know we're, we're training athletes, so I don't want to talk about gambling too much here. <laughs> but uh, but uh, my luck seemed to change after that. So I haven't taken these things right. off. <laughs> and I don't know, I don't know how Buddhist this guy was, but I was feeling it. It was in the hey, moment. Let it rise. Yeah. And I, yeah. Let it Everybody ride. believe, yeah. Buddhist yeah. on the When you're hot, you're hot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was my next question. Though. I was going to see how you did after that. So 
how, how I did good. on the tables, that yeah, was great. Obviously, pretty good. <laughs> the dice were the dice they're obviously were working. My way. So that, that's great yeah. to hear. Tan, how are you feel? doing, buddy? Well, boys, I'm I'm doing good. I uh, I'm on my lunch break work here. <laughs> I'm working the uh, you know regular hours, uh, eight to five. Um, so it's good to come back and see you guys. I just uh, I actually just had a nice little trip down to Mexico. I sat on the beach for a while, you know, recharged, had a good uh, reboot. You guys know I like the. I love love the beach, loved bronze, so I I got that in for seven days, and now we're back. So things love are it. things are You're things glowing. are good. Yeah, yeah. excited boys. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's good to be here. <clears throat> Tan. So what we usually do here is called a seg. Okay. So it's just a bit of an icebreaker question, just to get the juices just, flowing yeah. a little bit for you. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give you one today. I thought of this one this morning. Quick backstory on how I got the seg. In the shower. <laughs> no, I usually get a lot of ideas on the toilet or shower, but this one on Memorial Drive, there's a little dinky gas station, Gas Plus, yeah. right by uh, the sandwich place. Every Wednesday, two cents off. So, of course, I try to wait till Wednesday, time it up, get in there. Sure enough, I go in there today, and there's a bit of a lineup. Everyone's trying to get the two cents off. So, there's a lineup of like five cars waiting for the pumps. Sure enough, this asshole comes screaming into the parking lot. No worries. No. No, not, not even looking around. And a car pulls out as he comes in, and he scoots into the spot. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I lay on my horn. <laughs> lay on my horn. He looks back at me. I start giving him, like, you fucking kidding me? What are you doing? <laughs> he rolls his window down. I get out of the car. No. What are you doing? You see there's five cars here? Well, and he starts screaming at me. Anyway, we have a big back and forth. And I'm just like kind of giving it to him. The finger's coming out and I'm in full on like fight mode here. Mm -hmm. Finally, he gets in his car and scurries off and I rip in there. But made made me think about, let me hear about a time where you've almost been in a physical altercation in public and got in your car after and just been embarrassed. Like, what am I doing? Holy smokes. I've been in a few of them. Uh, wow. <laughs> I really got to think about it. I might need two yeah, minutes Yeah, that's here. a lot. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah I don't, you not, guys don't get in those? I don't have one that, no, that, that okay. comes comes out. You know, and I do get angry behind the wheel sometimes. <laughs> I, I totally do. But I don't think that and I've ever got out of the car yeah. to yell. Yeah. I mean, my you know, I got a small stature. I don't get out of the car t- too often unless we're on the ice, but... Um, <laughs> I can't. Nothing comes to mind for wow, me. Wow, stumping you guys here. Yeah, yeah. you. It's a, it's a good story. <laughs> it is a great <laughs> story, but that's that. the, how your day started today. Yeah, <laughs> holy <laughs> man, I you're in a, a pretty good mood I today, a, considering. I, I get them probably one or two of these a year, though. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm still, yeah, I'm still trying to think of something here. That's wild to be honest. <laughs> I've never, like, I'm Tanner. I've never gone to my car, but. I've seen some, uh, my dad's an ex-member, he's a uh, retired police officer, so when I was a kid, I used to see him do some wild stuff on the road. Here we go. Um, So, just trying to think of like an appropriate one where, you know, I'm not throwing the old man under the bus here, but (laughs) I remember this one specific when I was quite young, but he, uh, obviously, being a police officer, he's always kind of on duty, like subconsciously, if somebody's doing something, he's going to pull his badge, even though he's in if he's in uh, street clothes or whatever. So I remember this. We're on the way to Boston Pizza one night. And, Another uh, BP. Oh, yeah. I know something about BPs. Maybe it's just yeah, uh, I chain. Know. But anyway, we're on the way to BPs, and uh, this guy is crowd. going down Main Street and Red Deer, if they even have Main Street. I don't even know. But uh, flying down Main Street and Red Deer, uh, zigzagging around cars, blows a red light, and my dad is in his pickup truck at the time. He falls and blows the red light. This guy's going like 80 down this 50 kilometer an hour uh, street. Follows him all the way to, he was going to BP's as well, believe it or not. Gets out of the car, like drags him out of his car, screaming at him. And this guy's like, holy (laughs) shit, like who are you? And then finally my dad like pulls his... His uh, his badge out and stuff like that, but it was just like I I don't I think I was twelve years old and I was just like holy shit like, this <laughs> oh, is wild but like screaming Have you ever seen my dad? He's a big guy, but just speaking off that the amount of times my dad has used his badge 
when he gets pulled over for speeding is unbelievable. Well, why wouldn't you? Well, it's just yeah. like, hey, uh, you know, showing him his license and registration and instead of pulling it out, like <laughs> pulling it out of your wallet like a normal person, it's like, here, card. I'll give you my full, uh, my full wallet Ever seen here. this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ever seen one of these? So I'm, uh, you know, I'm a sergeant here at uh, some of that. Yeah. That's unbelievable. That's hilarious. That's all I can really think of, to be honest. Like, I haven't had a lot of uh, crazy can I, road Can I tell stories. one for you? Yeah, uh, give me because I'm I'm struggling to come up with something here, but I think the the reason is is that I I do have these moments and yeah. I'm like I'm pretty I get pretty wild, uh, but I let them go as soon as it's as soon as it's done it's gone it's okay. out of my head. So this is a, got one here. this is a great Simon story. I don't know if you guys have heard this one. Junior high, Branton High School. Wow. Every lunch hour, you know, we get out there and we play some kind of sport. We happen to we happen to be playing football, big football guys back then. This is like out of a movie. So we're playing football. There's a group of us. We're chucking the ball, and you know Simon thinks he's a he's a big shot in Branton. You know he's got some he's got some presence to him Branton. at the school. Yeah, and he's uh, running recess. <laughs> lunch, this is lunch hour. <laughs> so we're playing football, and then. Of course, there's this group of like, there's this group of kids that maybe aren't the most popular guys, um, you know, doing their thing, minding their own business. And of course, Simon throws a ball, he's quarterback, and it goes right in the middle of their little circle. They're sitting on the ground. Ball goes in, kind of hits the guys. This is a wild story, by the way. And Simon goes, hey, buddy, pass the ball back. No answer. Hey, buddy, pass the ball back. <laughs> Screaming at this guy, right? It's kind of weird. Like, why aren't they throwing the ball? He slowly, this is how I remember it. He slowly gets up with the ball in his hand. He turns around as Simon's screaming at him, throw me the ball. He looks at him, corner of his eye, takes his bologna sandwich. No. Undoes the sandwich and spreads it all over the football and no. chucks it back. Holy You're kidding. Simon? <laughs> oh, my. He goes to a different atmosphere. Like, his brain <laughs> melts, and the body shuts down. His eyes roll back into his head, and he takes off full sprint as hard as he can and, ta and spear kidding. tackles the kid. Gets, oh on, gets on top of the kid and just starts feeding him holy everyone's like holy shit what's going on we're like pull, trying to pull him <laughs> off he's like you know shaking himself off you don't know until you get bologna sandwich <laughs> holy shit <laughs> that's a, insane it was like, a wild move that you'll that you'll take that with you <laughs> yeah. forever i feel like yeah i'll never forget that was he younger or older the kid uh, i yeah, think the kid was know? great like in that time, a, a full. <laughs> he had a shit-eating grin on his face as he was, as he was what wiping, move, the, wiping the bologna sandwich over the sandwich holy, the ball. just yeah, just and then just got the wheels. You're probably still him. working through that, I'd think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think about it about twice annually. So holy, incredible stuff. That's crazy. Thanks for bringing I that up. I thought we were out. just talking road rage, though. <laughs> so that's well, that you know. I mean, yeah, road rage is there. I I just get so mad and pull up next to him and give just him and just yeah. just stare at him for as long as i can that's my move well, and, just like a little shake and just head. so mad like yeah. i get i get too mad too i got some problems but, but. <laughs> all right well that's good stuff there um let's dive into you a little bit dan um obviously you've played hockey you played hockey for yeah. a long time and uh played at a pretty high level and you know going through your bio and knowing you a little bit you uh grew up playing for crow child no longer co-child anymore. No. Um, but Sad. legendary co-child. Yeah. yeah. Um, you then went and played for the for Edge for a year, came back to Northwest. Um, yeah, small stint. Small stint with the Edge. Cup of coffee there. Cup of coffee. And then you uh, you played for Tri-City Americans. And, I did, yeah. And didn't really, from what I remember, didn't really, yeah. wasn't expected to make it. For people who don't know Tanner, he's uh, what are you five six? Yeah, five seven, <laughs> five eight. Uh, brochure, five, bro, if you look at the random brochures, some some of them say five ten. <laughs> I was always the random brochures. I was working for inches though. Yeah, what random brochures? Yeah, are you know, you'll it. find them. Okay, but uh, five ten one seventy. Got a okay. on the fridge. Played for Tri Cities. Played for Regina. 
um, and finish your career in Okotoks. My yeah. my question to you mainly is, as a guy that wasn't really expected to play in the WHL at your size, not re- like a super highly touted guy out of midget, although you had a great yeah. midget career. What you know, go th- go through that experience of being an undersized guy, making a big jump like that. Yeah, I um, yeah, it was kind of a crazy road. Um, <clears throat> you know, growing up. Growing up playing for Crowchild in in Northwest or whatever, and I know I was always um, one of the go-to guys um, throughout all the way up through midget. So making that jump to Tri City, I, I think I was I was 16, and I I played about I think I played five games when I was 16, and that 17-year-old year I I had it set in my mind that that I was making this team, and uh, you kind of get put into roles that uh, you know. I, I, for me, I was always a, a, a playmaker, a goal scorer, a guy that was an offensive threat. So going into Tri City, we had a really good team that year. I think we went. Uh, I think the team went all the way to the final. Um, so I, I had to switch roles, and I mean, as we talked about, I'm, I'm a smaller guy. Um, so I had to switch roles, and I, I kind of got put into a fourth line <coughs> role there. Which was different for me, so I had to, I had to find, I had to find a way to contribute to this team, and I mean, as we've also talked about, I, you know, I got a short fuse too. Like I'm a I'm a competitor, and I, I don't I don't like to shy away, and especially on the ice, um, I never I never looked at myself as a as a small guy. Like that never really occurred to me. It's kind of funny, kind of dawns on you sometimes. You know, when you're out and about, that you're like, holy shit, I'm. Much shorter than this guy. <laughs> Holy shit! How tall are you? Six? How, what are you? Six four? Five nine. You gotta be. Six. How tall do you think that guy kind is? Kind of dawns on you. Yeah. Uh, but hockey wise, I don't think I. I never really thought of it that way, and I. I think that's the. Another beautiful thing about hockey, you know, it's I. I never thought about that, but. Um, I remember in Tri City, I. I had to switch my role, and I. And I was getting pissed, you know. I was getting three, shifts and I. Uh, a period, and. You know when you're you're just you feel good and you feel like you can't you can play, and you just want to play so bad. I, I was getting frustrated this one game in Seattle, or Seattle was in Tri City, and I think it was the first or second game of the year, and I got about three shifts in the first, drew a penalty, <clears throat> three shifts in the second, drew a penalty, felt really good, felt like I could have a good game. You have those games where you're just like give me the puck like I'm ready to, like I want to go I feel good and third period two shifts but now we get up with about five five minutes left I'd say because <clears throat> I think we're up five two at this time and I'm lined up with uh Connor Rankin uh and Nils Moser at the time uh Connor Rankin was just our f- fifth overall pick uh the year prior so he's kind of you know the new uh, the new prospect the new the new kid in town. He's 16 and hell of a player and and whatnot. And I line up and I'm just fuming already because I've been fuming all game. <clears throat> and so we drops the puck and I'm t- I'm taking the draw. I think I lose the draw. It goes back into the corner uh, in the offensive zone there. And I go chase it and I kind of turn my back and I hit. I hear this big boom against the boards. And the crowd just goes, it starts booing like crazy. And I look back and it's Ranks. Ranks is just on the ground. So I, I could tell it was kind of dirty. So, and I'm, and I'm seeing red, like I'm slick after getting bologna sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not, like, I turn around and I didn't care who was there. I turn around, I push this guy, I look up, and he's, I think he was six, seven. <laughs> His name is Austin Baker. I still remember this. Is this one of the times it dawned on you? <laughs> which, that you're which, five, is, six? which is crazy. Yeah, one of those t- exactly. One of those times. So I'm looking up at this guy, and he looks at me, and he goes, "Are you kidding? You're ki- you're kidding, right?" And I'm like, "No, I'm not fucking. Kidding. I'm not fucking kidding." <laughs> I drop my shit. I I reach up, grab him, pull him down, and I I actually did all right. Like it was it was fine. Nothing bad happened, thank, thankfully. But this guy had a foot on me because I think I was I was in at five seven, he was six seven, and two hundred and forty pounds. And I think I was probably soaking wet. Like on a good day, I was probably one fifty five, one sixty at that time. Anyway, do a great job. <clears throat> Survived it, I guess. I didn't say I wouldn't say I did a great job. Definitely lost the fight. But 
um, I went back into the room because it was five less than five minutes left, and I was just racing back and forth. This is my first fight ever, so I'm like, "Holy shit, what just happened?" I remember my my grandparents were in the, in town that that weekend, and I remember like watching my grandma at the top of the stairs, just being like, "Are you kidding me right now?" Like so mad. But anyway, I get into the dressing room, and I'm pacing around, and the boys come in about five minutes later, and they're all you know fired up. We just got a big win, and you know after you know after those games that you know you just went to war with the boys is just like the best feeling i think that's what i miss most but jim hiller comes in and he is just like on on one pacing back and forth running around the room where is Oli? where is Oli? and i'm like right here coach and he goes that's fucking tenacity and he fucking <laughs> points at me the boys go crazy he goes i'll never forget that and from that moment on i was like okay yeah like maybe I'm not <laughs> I'm not a fighter by any means but I, I have to switch my role and I can do that and I think that that right there set the tone for the rest of my junior career that I can even though even though I'm a smaller guy it, it doesn't really matter like you just got you got to show up and do what you can to make the boys win and to help the boys and I'll, I'll never forget that after that and uh, it was one of the one of those moments that just goes back to the very start of your career you know, nobody thought that I was going to fight this guy, but that's kind of just how my whole career was because I didn't really think of myself as a smaller player. But one of those good stories for sure. Yeah, uh, I appreciate it, Ole. And I think we we kind of we just gave a little bit of a bio on you, but I, I don't know if we did you justice. And to our listeners uh, who are tuning in to hear Ole, this guy is the definition of electricity. So he <laughs> he came. He was a coach for us at Bold. Um, I think it's maybe five years ago he worked with us for three years um, on ice guy um, but whether Ole was in the gym or he was on the ice Ole was always preaching to our players about owning how you show up and bringing something and when you talk about that tenacity uh, Ole had an effect on our players that that you can't teach any coach you can't uh, you know he maybe didn't have the background and strength and conditioning that some other people did but uh, guys loved him so he's one of the most electric guys in western canada uh he's he can make make friends and and gets to know people better than anyone i've i've ever met so i just want to make sure we're doing our due diligence to give you the respect that you yeah, deserve so um breaking that into what you were just saying uh one of the questions that i had is as a smaller guy who didn't put up crazy points in the dub how did you how did you kind of find your you know, find your uh, find identity. Back, so, yeah, find it back. Once you, was that kind of a, a light switch moment where things changed after that? And I want to know, um, you know, you played three years in the dub. Uh, how how was it first making that switch from being a guy who was relied on to score points, and then understanding this is what the guys need from you, and and making that change? Yeah, I mean, this is one. Yeah, one of the hardest things I think that that all hockey players kind of deal with you know like I think it's a lot of things they're never going to be it's not going to be sunshine and rainbows all the time and uh you go through ups and downs and I think at that time confidence was a, a struggle for me I never had to deal with that growing up I was always one of one of the best players on my team um growing up in Calgary you know like I I was always a, a guy that that was looked at as as a producer and the fact that I wasn't d producing anymore was was huge. And then when you get one, two, three shifts in the dub, you want to make those count. And then if you screw up, you freaking take that with you. And so you start gripping the stick a little bit tighter. I think confidence was a really big struggle. Looking back on it now, I'm like confidence for about two or three, four years there was was something that I had to had to battle. You know, you don't really realize that at the time when you're going through it, like. And I found it later, later again in my career when going back to university, but uh, and even in my twenty-year-old year, but it it was something that, like I said, you I had to kind of find my spot in every in every team that I was that I was a part of. Um, Tri City, you know, I wasn't getting those minutes. I had to change the way that I played, um, and just tried to to show up every day and tried to to do what I could and and I think you know I'm a competitor and I always want to win so 
that's just kind of what I stuck to, you know. And if I had to fight somebody or to stick up for one of the boys, that that's what it was. Um, or just bring energy on the bench, you know. Like I think that's uh, that goes undermined a lot. Um, just being a good guy and a good teammate and firing the boys up, I think goes a long lot a lot a lot further than we think. Um, but then I, I went to Regina after that, and I, my role changed again, and I got started playing more minutes. And uh, I remember the very first game I got thrown into about 24 hours after I got traded, which was crazy. I had to drive all the way up to Red Deer and sleep at home at night uh, back here in Calgary, and it was the quickest turnaround ever. And all of a sudden, I'm on a line with Jordan Wheel, and I don't know if anybody knows Jordan Wheel, but he was um, Flyers. Uh, yeah, Flyers, Kings. He, you know, he jumped around a, a, a bit, and you know, that's another guy that was just like so, so. He was so good that he could just. I, I just remember thinking, like, if Jordan Wheel can't make, can't make it, like, who the hell, like, who can? <laughs> like, yeah. he was insane. He was so such a good player. Uh, I think he just played with Everly the year before, and uh, everyone was kind of like, oh, we, like I don't know if Wheel's gonna be able to put up the same amount of points that he did playing with Jordan Everly because he was playing with Everly but he did like he was he was incredible so here I am now in in Red Deer playing on a line with Jordan Wheel and then I'm like you know your brain's got to click holy shit okay now you're not on the fourth line any anymore buddy so it's time to go it's time bit. to create yeah. create and and get back to your game but you can't it's not that easy to switch roles right so you know, it it took me it took me a little bit to understand the fact that I was going to play a little bit more here, and I started to get get it back uh, slowly but surely. But uh, yeah, throughout your career, it's it's crazy how your different roles change and the timing of everything, and you always got to be ready. And I think for me, it was just always show up and be as good of a teammate as you can and work work your ass off in in whatever situation that you're in. So it was kind of crazy how. It's my junior career I was definitely up and it had it it had its up and ups and downs so um yeah cr- kind of crazy to think about now Com- confidence is such a wild thing and all the chats we have with with kids you know the one-on-one meetings we have confidence always comes up it's such yeah. a um important piece to the puzzle we we train guys in the gym and I always say like that's only one small piece and I even when you're talking there, I'm reflecting on my own career. I It's like my junior career, I felt like uh, I had so much confidence offensively and maybe the opposite of you. And then when I got to university, um, opposite of you, I lost it and you got it. And yeah. it's just, an, it's so funny how, like I remember being uh, in my third year and we do like the uh, shootouts at the end of practice and I physically would look down on my hands and I, I couldn't even skate down the ice and stick handle the puck and, and yeah. make a move on the net anymore. Yeah. Like I was so low, my confidence was so low that I, I often wonder like, cause I really struggled switching roles from being an offensive minded guy to like accepting being a third or fourth minor mm-hmm. and dumping the puck in and being Plain physical. I, I couldn't, for whatever reason, like it, maturity or whatever, I, I really struggled with that. But yeah. inevitably, that's what ended my hockey career. Because you, you end up in this gray area of like, who are you? Yeah. And the coach looks at you as like, is he, can he score? No. Uh, he can't even shoot on a shootout. Uh, can he defend and check? No. He hasn't committed to that. So it's such an interesting thing. And like, yeah. Yeah. when you look at younger players now, sure you guys can all attest you you see these kids going through the ups and downs of confidence and you want to pull them aside so bad and just like man if you could just commit and just be proud of being a third liner and be great at that you'll play so much longer yeah like you know maybe you guys have an example of that but i really struggle with that as as a player but there's, there's another important thing that i took out of what you said there Oli, and i think it's that under we get so focused in on what we can do as a hockey player and our skills and all this type of stuff but at the end of the day when you take it from a coach's perspective is this person adding something to my team and my unit as a whole and if i can't 
in certain situations, if I can't produce maybe the points that I'm used to, how can I be a good teammate? How can I bring energy? You didn't talk about on the ice only. You talked yeah. about on the bench. And that's something that you can't disregard because you need you need people that bring the team together. You need people that bring energy to guys. And finding any way in which you can be that team guy, uh, you hear it all the time in NHL, uh, like when they talk about Hazy or what, whoever it is. These guys are team guys that boys love playing with. And uh, it's, it's, you can't, obviously you have to have some skill, but if yeah. you're lacking that, how can you be that guy that makes other people feel uh, that they like to be around that makes them better, makes yeah. them a, a better, better human being in a, in a weird sense. Yeah. But it's, it's just funny that it's not always about what you can do on the ice. It's no. tough. It's tough though. Cause it's easier said than done because you know, obviously that it's like, yeah, what can else, what else can you do? But if your whole life you've scored, right? You like, I look back and like the, the joy you get from that I got from playing hockey was producing a lot of joy, like scoring goals, setting them up. It's like you kind of associate your success as a player for what for what you do well, and it's like when you don't have that anymore, and like you don't have the feeling of scoring and and producing and being a guy that like really contributes to the team. You know, it's like you have pride. It's like it's hard to. Some guys do a great job of it, and they play a long time and make a lot of money. But it's like it's hard to like switch the brain and like okay i'm not going to produce anymore so i'm going to be so good at winning face-offs it's going to give me the same joy as scoring used yeah. to yeah you know it's yeah it's tricky and i i think that i think that right there like as as we coach now and for me like when i when i'm you know when i'm at boulder uh on the ice with with anybody else i i think about that and and that's the the simplicity factor I think is is so big and and like you said like just be very good at draws just be very reliable just be very good defensively make good choices I think it's the it's the guys that don't sit there and say oh I'm not getting minutes like I you know make excuses the coach doesn't like me whatever you know I don't I didn't feel good that day all these excuses like you got to throw those aside and you got to really focus on one specific thing to to hold on to. And for me, I I always was like, I was I was playing wing, and I just remember like a few games in a row there was a struggle to get the puck out in the defensive zone. So before the game, instead of instead of thinking about hey, I gotta go, I gotta go get some points tonight. Like I holy shit, like I'm falling behind. I'm not, I'm nowhere near what these other guys are doing. Like. I just remember that clicking in my head and being like, okay, no, you're going to stop thinking about that. And you're going to think when you're visualizing before a game, I'm going to visualize on getting the puck out on the wall. I'm going to, I'm going to visualize getting a pass on the half wall, chipping it past the D man and going and going to get it or off the glass or far side. And these are the types of things that I was coaching now. I'm, you know, cause it, it worked for me. I started to think about those situations that make me more reliable as a player and not trying to dangle at the at the blue line instead chipping it chipping it past and going to get it and putting it in areas where we can keep the puck so that's how my brain had to switch and I saw massive benefits from it so so now as a coach that's kind of what I like to hang on to is, is these small things and I think that players get too fixated um, on producing all the time you know it's not it's not just about that it's about you know how you're contributing to this team and you got to break that down in the best ways possible and I think that's what's that's what set the tone I think for the rest of my career and I and I did you know I I I do still think that I had a successful career just based on you know where I played and the people that I've met and all of these teammates that you know that we all have and stuff I still have great relationships with them and life goes on past hockey and I'm sitting there and I'm you know watching like some of them are in the, in, in the NHL and some of them are just working now and but we still have those relationships that carry you forward and like you always remember that so being a good teammate is so 
so much more important than than anything and it makes you a better hockey player at the end of the day so when you realize that at a young age it's it's like it's so big for for you and and confidence comes from that i think tan i'm, I'm curious when you when you talk about the uh visualizing chipping it off the glass and, and getting it out and making sure that you you focus on one specific thing and do that was that a coach that gave you that or was that something you had to figure out on your own in in terms of this is what i need to do to be successful or to help the team um yeah i'm just curious yeah, yeah you know what i i th- i do yeah i think it was a mixture of both but you know because you know you hear it you're there you you know when you don't get the puck out and you cause a goal you know no yeah. no even if if somebody doesn't tell you then you know yourself Mm-hmm. unless you're lost you know <laughs> unless you're <laughs> unless you're a space cadet and you're in the clouds but you should know that you made that mistake so after hearing it uh and seeing it and you know and people always tell you don't worry about points points will come right I I've, i'm sure we've all heard that stop worrying about the the score sheets or you how how much you're producing and i bet you the the best players in the world they get that too i'm sure they do but um it yeah it just dawned on me i think and to okay let's stop thinking about it what can i think about and it's not make mistakes and be reliable and then points do come from that because you gain confidence from that and your weaknesses become your strengths and that's where that's where you start to produce yeah i completely agree with that i think uh one thing to point out is i think a lot of young athletes right now are in the clouds to be honest. Yeah. Um, and what I mean by that is it's extremely hard to hold yourself accountable for your mistakes. Um, and especially like right now, I've noticed a lot lately, especially with our young young athletes, you know, they all want to play more. They all want to, you know, score more and get all these points and all these things that make you love the game. Everyone loves scoring, like Al's saying, and producing to the team and things like that. But at the end of the day, if you're not playing, there's probably a reason. And it's really hard to self-evaluate and call yourself out because at the end of the day, the game has changed a lot and it's usually only the coach who's calling you out now. And sometimes that gets tuned out uh, or you don't believe it. So for you to really sit back and look at your game and understand what do I need to improve on to get better as a player and build my confidence, whether that's putting in extra time on the ice, working on your skills or understanding your position on the ice a little bit better, like you're saying, uh, you know, if you're a centerman, what do I really need to be good at? Winning draws, things like that, helping out in the corners. Uh, as a winger, being really good on the wall, um, getting in on the four check, having a really good F3, whatever it is, um, I think it's really important to understand your position and how you can really sharpen up um, your game to be an efficient you know, winger or defenseman or forward um, so you can get more confidence and more of those scoring chances and things like that. But I think it's really important to understand self-awareness and self-evaluation when you're going through this whole process of how I can get better as a younger player. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I guess, and asking you guys too, because I've seen it in, in this in this gym. You know, working here for I, I, I was here for three years, and you you can tell which guys get it and which guys don't. And after after you know three summers, guess who's guess who's getting opportunities in different leagues and producing and having success. It's all those guys that literally. You know are, are super present with and aware of the player that they are and where they need to work and they don't think out, outside what is what's everyone else doing hmm. you know and i noticed that a ton how about you guys like some of like the yeah. the leasons and the bubbas and and, the, and well, all these it and starts these with guys. the one-on-one meetings like the the because we always ask you know what do you want to get better on rocks and i have been doing a million assessments lately yeah get them on the old table check the hips yeah. And uh, we always just kind of ask them questions and, you know, what do you want to get better at this summer or this, this off season? And, you know, eight times out of 10, it's a pretty stock answer. Not a lot of thought into it. Right. And then you get the two guys that give you something and you're like, oh, baby, there we go. Yeah. Like there's the, the answer is detailed. You could tell they've thought about that question before. We don't, they don't need us to ask them the question. They're kind of self directed or motivated right. and 
yeah, as a coach, it's like really fun to work with those guys because the, you know the sky's kind of the limit in terms of what you can do with them and and the the complexity of conversations you could have with them and you know it's there's like you said there's no fluke that they start to get more chances mm-hmm. they're engaged in the process i kind of went i went on a bit of a rant at, at some of the spring guys a few weeks ago about nutrition and uh you know to be ice times training it costs a lot of money there's like no another no way to put it and i find a lot of times these days like I uh, sound like I'm 80 saying that, but a lot of kids, I feel like, come into the gym or the ice and they're just kind of mindless, going through the motion. We call them robots. And I said, like, if I if I said, pay me X amount of dollars and I'm going to give you zero back, would you do it? And they said, well, no. Well, it's like, yeah, this costs money. So yeah. when you come here, get the most out of it. Like, be present, be engaged, ask us questions. And some guys, yeah, some guys do it, and they're they're playing at high levels and doing well. Some guys, yeah, I don't know if you can teach that, but yeah, um, yeah. yeah, it's it's that growth mindset, I think. Like you know, and some guys have it, and you don't even have to coach it because they are they're the ones asking questions, and they make the job pretty easy. Yeah, but it's very it's so rare to find that. <clears throat> I feel like, and the, the earlier you figure it out, I think I think getting older, it's part part of it's part of growing up but when you have time to reflect like if i was to look at myself at 15 16 now you know i stopped doing what i did yeah when i was 9 10 11 12 13 14 15 you know you find then you finally make the whl and guess what i i wasn't out there shooting pucks anymore you know you look at connor bedard he's does not stop yeah he's obsessed and that's that's why you know, and I, I look at that and taking your foot off the gas and and you know, prioritizing different things in your life, like you're gonna you're gonna lose steps. But it's the guys that really have that growth mindset and are, you know, dedicated to, to getting better every single day and not looking out elsewhere at what everyone else is doing. And they're just really present and aware of the player that they are and have that growth mindset, I think, is the complete difference. And, like, we see that as coaches. It's night it's night and day. Like, you know you know who's bought in, and, and you go back the to tr- those answers. The truth is, like, a lot of guys are working hard. A lot of guys yeah. train five days a week. A lot of guys shoot pucks, skate. And, uh, unfortunately, it's like – if you want to continue to jump leagues and play at a high level, it's almost like not enough anymore. Yeah. You know, it's like you you come here for an hour and a half and work out. There's 24 hours in a day. Like, what else are you doing? Yeah. A lot of these guys don't work, and we always kind of lecture them on that. But, you know, there there's another level and not – honestly, we've been doing this for like 10 years, and there's – I can count on like one hand how many guys – where you look at him and you're like wow that's impressive you can just feel it you can feel the the hunger to get better mm-hmm. it's not many you know so yeah the, you know and, and going back to things that we see as coaches and things that really stand out there's there's a few things for me uh number one is the for me i think they start to make that decision themselves and are less reliant on their parents um, I think when parents are trying to make excuses for them or try to figure out the perfect scenario, when you start to see athletes take ownership for their own development is something that really stands out from the guys that actually do really well. Second thing, we've already talked about it, but to me is internal confidence. We're not talking cockiness. We're talking understanding um, a belief in, in themselves and like this true internal confidence. When you see it, it's like... Uh, it's scary. You kind of want to be around those people, though. Um, and then the the third thing to me is just like the de- the decision of discipline. So it's everything that you're talking about, but discipline is a decision. And you know, I think my my thought process goes to to Carter Wilkie. You know, uh, of knowing when he when he can go to to Invermere and what he's got to do if he's going there. He's not just that. Yeah. Ha- uh, going out there and, and drinking all weekend with the boys. He knows when, when he, you know, will have his wake surf. He'll make sure that he enjoys the 
the time, but he's he's also got a job to do. And some of the best athletes that we've seen do that understand the sacrifice that it takes to make those to make that jump. Yeah. And I think that, quite frankly, is what develops that internal confidence. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of some of the things yeah. I see. Yeah, that's a great example. Well, I did. Yeah. Okay. Well, we won't beat that horse to death, but. I want to. Yeah, we could go for days on that's that. That's a black hole. <laughs> that is I a got, dark black I got hole. so much more there, but <laughs> um, so it's kind of cool, Tan. When you stopped uh, kind of work, working here and moving on to your next step of your career, um, you started mentoring a couple guys that still train here, and you would just go watch them play. You you know yeah. meet them at the local Tim Hortons and yeah. and just break down their game and kind of. Uh, work on the mental side of it yeah and those kids are like speak so highly of you and that and that experience but you obviously have a passion for that and helping young guys and seeing the game from a different lens walk us through the that those relationships that you've developed with some of those kids and and kind of what your role is or was with them yeah um yeah, I mean, all you guys know. I think that's that's my favorite part about about being a coach now and getting involved is, um, you know, really understanding the person and um, and then the athlete. I think it's I think it's so it's so important. Like all the all the stuff we talk about, everybody is everyone is skating every day and working out and shooting pucks and everyone's doing doing all that stuff. And and there's so many players in this world and you know that one percent is it is so hard to make it you know when you finally can sit there and say you made it I mean it, it's so hard like we all know um that that's that one percent is is so good you know and it's very very hard to make it there and so for me now it, it's it's what I wish I knew you know when I was 15 and what I was about to embark on you know and like I said I I did have I did have a good career and I got free schooling and I and I did meet a lot of people but if I could go back now and and switch the mindset that I had and and understand that this is you only get one shot at this whole thing um that has been you know it's it's huge teaching point for me and you know yeah and i and i get to create these relationships with with these players you know uh um you know t- guys like ty mckay and and guys that i see you know throughout the rinks now and I, they all come and say hi like we we had really meaningful conversations over the years about you know not just about hockey but just how they how they're thinking how their mindset is how they look at the game how they look at you know what they're doing and their habits uh, and i think habits are so you know you know so important you know for the rest of our lives you know going back into work now like I'm you know I'm sitting behind a desk it's a completely different thing but I my habits need to be good to be good at work and it so I I love to dive into um you know what are you doing are you waking up and like you are you waking up early to get in to get in a meal are you doing every single thing that you can to get better throughout the entire 12 hours 24 hour day or whatever whatever it is and i think you know guys like kobe and all those guys when he says he wakes up at four you so he or three so he can work out four to six and he maximizes that day he gets that much more work in and it's one thing to just be able to, to say that and to do it but to understand and to actually get why you do that is so big and i think um throughout a season you know there's so many ups and downs and I think you know meeting up with guys just to go for a coffee uh to see where their head's at I think um it it helps them but it also helps me and it teaches you teaches you a lot about you know how how you handle these different situations and it always comes back to what can you do right now to make your team better you know and in the summer what can you do to make yourself better and we can all do a little bit more and I think like that's my true passion now of uh, as a coach is to is to help guys find their uh the best version of themselves and to so you don't want to be sitting here when you're 31 you know on a on a podcast telling you how you wish that you could you wish that you could uh still be playing you know 
because that'll Living happen. Living in the van down <laughs> by the river. <laughs> Playing in the Heritage League, which we got playoffs next weekend yeah. for anybody that wants to come watch. The Buzzards beat the Spurs. Hey, Rock. But but no, it's uh, it's it's a very um, it's yeah something that I love to do now because I I just feel like uh, having the right mindset and and uh, getting to that place, you know. And, and you say, can you teach that? Some guys, you 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 just you don't have to teach it but you know i i like to believe that there is a way to to find that mindset and to hang on to it and to and to be the best version of yourself so i think that's just kind of you know where i've gone with with this coaching uh with with this coaching career now and that's where i get joy in it nice yeah if you're working with an athlete and you're working on their habits, like could you give an example of two or three habits that you try to get these guys to implement in their day to to be successful? Yeah, um, I think yeah, I th- I think it starts um, well. It starts when you wake up, or it starts the night before, and and just having that extra, having that thought. I guess yeah. Let's go back to the night before, and just having that that thought of okay, tomorrow is it is an opportunity, and I think. You know, it's so easy as as a young kid. You got you got school, you got uh, you know whatever it is, girls parties. You know all these this attention that you're not used to. It's it's fun. It's a really fun time in your life, and it's so easy to just enjoy yourself and to get involved in in uh, in all the fun the fun aspect of it. But to have that thought before bed and realize and and be present. And to understand that tomorrow is an opportunity, and some guys are taking advantage of it, and some aren't, and to not just go through the motions, I think is is huge. And I think, you know, in, in today's day and age, I think you know, like meditation and all this, like self awareness and um, and uh, wellness and all this stuff, you know, it's becoming more prominent. But um, it's like it's clear to all of us, you know, who who makes the next stride is the guy that you know takes his second checks in with himself and no one's going to do that for you your parents are not going to sit there and you can't they're not going to sit there and hey did you check in with yourself today you have to check in with yourself before bed and you have to say okay i'm going to wake up a little bit earlier tomorrow why just because it's it's discipline what you said and now you're going to get that extra meal and you're going to have that more time you can stretch in the morning you can work out you can find something to do put that, that phone away put your phone away yeah, yeah, yeah massive you know you can stay on that phone forever and swipe and whatever but uh waking up early is, is huge I, th- I think and and making your bed i think that's that's something that was a tip for me that i learned you know you get that instant gratification and check it off the list um some other ones you know is you know stay the phone i think the phone is just such a such an issue um, for for all of us and you sit there and you can look it shows you how much time on there you spend so if you can f- substitute that time that you spend on the phone and you can find something else you know when you're not working in the summertime and you're not going to school and you have time instead of that even if it's like 15 minutes you know take that take that 15 minutes to scroll through TikTok and you compound that over the entire summer and you shoot f- pucks for 15 minutes you're gonna get a better shot like it's just that's what happens your shot's gonna improve just math just just numbers at that point that's just facts i'm not a science guy but that's what happens and uh see little things like that and you you compound it and instead of instead of scrolling it's it's gonna save you and you're gonna you're gonna get better every day it's just these little it's the tiny things uh the tiny little habits and but you have to you kind of just have to assess your day and assess where you're spending time and um you can you can manipulate that and it's you know what it's kind of fun you know to to try to find try to see how you operate and see if you can switch it you know like the smallest little things like right now i'm doing this this cold shower thing cold tubs and you know it sucks but like you sit there and you see it see how that feels see how it changes see if you feel any better if after you've done it for a month mm-hmm. and you know what you do but you got to sit there and you got to make that conscious decision every single day so it's you know it's a little tweaks in your day-to-day um go, a long, go a long way and the more the earlier that you can become aware of of who you are and what makes you tick and what makes you feel good like the better off you're, you're going to be 
it's really hard to teach the awareness around that. I mean, uh, as we know, the attention span of a, of a 15 year old kid is, is quite small. So I just want to hear from you with your experiences with some of these kids. It's like, how can you get through to them to commit to something? Because I know I've tried this in the past, like wake up and, you know, chug a glass of water. You know, some kids don't even touch water until noon, uh, and actually stick with it. Um, like what do you think are some good ways where you can make this more of a consistent thing and a priority when they're, when they're doing these day to day? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a challenge. It's, the it's, gold, it's yeah, it's the golden goose. It's the, uh, and I, I think, I think check, like just checking in like often, yeah. the thing is that we can't do it. Like, I don't, I don't think, you know, as a coach now, we sit here and we talk all the time about what can we do, you know, but at the end of the day, they have to do that and it's that choice and what i've learned is that you know like you can you can preach and preach and preach and talk and find motivation everywhere and i think we've heard it is motivation is is crap and you got to really believe and and you got to really understand the why behind things and i think like yeah we we try that all the time right we always say it we we do it i think i think checking in routinely and showing them you know if we meet from two weeks from now, how many cold showers did you have, Tanner? Did you do it every single time? No. Well, okay. Well, yeah. Like, do you feel better? No. Well, you could have. Yeah. You could have if you did it every day. Maybe. This is this is a small example, but I think checking in and making them realize um, the time that's el- elapsed over mm-hmm. the last two weeks. Did you do it every single time? And if you did, would things be different? And then I think once they. Once they understand that time is going past and you are you are getting uh you know you're going through your career longer and longer and could you ma- have you maximized it mm-hmm. probably not but right? I, mean, I think like that's the that's the golden question i think we're we up on a podcast yeah <laughs> that's what yeah. 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 i think yeah <laughs> it goes for everybody though for you know you always can look back and say i could have would have should have but the the more frequent I think that you check in and and make that conscious effort to 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 create those habits in your life I think that that's the the ultimate goal right there. Okay, well yeah, yeah, you know I appreciate all the advice on there. I, you know I think we're gonna get loosen it up a little bit, but yeah, let's get loose. Um, something something that uh, you brought to bold, I believe it was in probably 2018, 2019. Yeah. Was Latino Tuesdays Ooh, are at we still Bold doing Athlete. Latino Tuesdays? Oh, yeah. Rocks mixes nice. it in, in, in every yeah. every once in a while. But you Love it. You just came <laughs> back from Mexico. Yeah. You were getting a lot of Latino into your yeah. into your veins. Yeah. What it is was a Costa Rica trip, I think. It's like But what? that's beside the point. No, 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 no. But I'm talking you just came back from Mexico. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, so I did, yeah. We need a tune. Do you have any Latino Tuesday tracks that we gotta get? going uh this week for because we're bringing latino tuesdays back well i you know what though i don't know if you've been playing it or not but that Bila morena song is incredible it's one of the best songs out there i think and that's what comes to my mind first but i got some i got some good guy yeah i got some good ones okay that i'll that i'll send your way okay we'll put them in the show notes i like to stay up up to date with south america yeah (laughs) Uh, Tan, so we uh, let's wrap it up here with a little bit of rapid fire. Um, this is something we do with all our guests, and you know, just get a little whatever comes to your brain. Don't be afraid. Okay. Uh, but we're gonna fire some questions at you. And oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> Usually we get crickets on these, but okay, we'll help you out here. Yeah. Um, favorite hockey player growing up? Oh man. Um, Oh, there's so many, but I think I think Stevie Y comes to mind. Okay. I thought the guy was the coolest guy ever. Yeah, yeah still he's do. Cool. He's <laughs> so still cool. is. Yeah, he's yeah, he's good looking. He's tough. <laughs> scores goals. He was he was sick. Okay. Uh, who's the most skilled player you ever played with? Uh, I would say Jordan Wheel. Jordan Wheel. Kind of touched really? on that already, but yeah, he was. What was his nickname? He, Wheeler. Wheeler. Yeah, he yeah. was nuts. Gotta guess that. Yeah. Wheels. Uh, favorite boldism. Favorite boldism. Uh, oh, like a like a word or what? Well, the, the, one of the, you know one of the phrases on the wall, maybe or 
It's a lifestyle. Yeah, it is a lifestyle. <laughs> I was waiting for that one. It's yeah. an absolute lifestyle. Yeah. It, and it is. You know what? Buzzing's, it's tough well, to, buzzing's to beat buzzing. Buzzing's standard, yeah. yeah. We uh, love buzzing. You're a movie guy. Favorite yeah. favorite movie. Oh, man. That's deep, I know. Yeah, asking a movie guy what his favorite movie is, <laughs> is, is, is <laughs> that's a tough question, man. We got to go with, I got to go with Wedding Crashers, though, for comedy. I just, like, I can't handle that still. <laughs> I've been watching it. I don't know when it came out, but, like, just never gets old, those guys. I can't handle them. <laughs> they're so... Too much, eh? They're, no, they're something else. Vince Vaughn and Owen. Yeah. Taryn, it's going to be nine degrees outside this week. Yeah. You're probably going to have the windows down. You're going to be taking in the sun. Sunglasses are on. Yeah. There's a jam playing on the radio, and you are loving life. What's the song? Nine degrees. Oh, my. <laughs> Talking like it's 36. Oh, my like God. 36. Like we're well, going it's to gonna the, feel. it's going to feel like 36 like going, after you this. You know what I'm too. on right now? I'm on an absolute – I'm on a Fleetwood Mac tear. and not, ju- not Which just. Which one, though? There's, well, there's so many greats, but, like – have you ever done a deep dive of just you know their it's oh, yeah. like oh, yeah. album per album? You find so many hits in there. It's just <laughs> it's it's sick. Okay, I got a question for you. Silver Springs. Yeah. You ever you ever get into that one? Silver Springs. Yeah. No, I'm gonna write that down. Okay, put it down and wait till. Is wait. that the one you played in the cleaning? Yeah, when we did the gym clean. Just oh, I can't wait. Yeah, but just <laughs> let the wait till the climax comes. Okay. It's a special. Okay, it's a, you'll be you'll be humming. I'll throw it on my on my way back to work today. <laughs> <laughs> What's your go-to uh, coffee order? Uh, Americano, and lately, I've been trying this oat milk thing. You know, it's. <laughs> I don't know. It, it seems it may, is it more expensive? It probably is. Yeah, though, hey? they 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 gas you pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I like an Americano <laughs> though with a little splash of oat just to a bisto or you splash the oat. No, I just splash it on okay. top. Hold Sometimes sh- when I'm feel like on a weekend, maybe if I'm feeling like I deserve yeah a little spicy, like I deserve something else, I might misto it. Yeah, okay. but stick of choice. Oh, out of any hockey no. stick. Yeah, hockey stick. I think the S the S nineteen was oh, my favorite wow. t- stick that I've ever had. There was a lot of good sticks back in the day, but ever tried a Z bubble? Oh what? yeah, how about a, a TPS rubber with, rubber. A, <laughs> with a synthesis blade in it? Holy smokes! Um, what's your favorite type of workout? Oh, tee up for this yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, chest, <laughs> chest and arms. I would say, little traps, shoulders. If you can get it in there, just like you know, in case you're going to the beach. You know, that's my favorite. Carrying you the, the suitcases down that. the beach. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You know nothing else. Uh, yeah. If you're if you're sitting 150 out, it's a par three, yeah. 17th hole. Yeah. What are you shooting? What am I hitting? Yeah. I'm hitting in from 150. How's the wind? <laughs> no wind? It's quiet. This is a gold yeah. quiet. You're it's quiet. quiet. Okay. I'm going to hit a nice, clean, confident nine iron. Nice. You know, I there is a case to be made that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit my pitch and swing a little too hard, but I'm going to hit my nine. I'm going to just hit it nice and nice, nice and, and confidently. I also I heard Danny's uh, comment about Can the... Can you uh, believe this? The seven yeah. iron, seven iron no the seven what. iron on any par three. We are going. Care. I don't care how long the hole is. We'll be going says. to length switch. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be going. I got some messages about that comment too. It's just yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, no, I was. It gave me a laugh for sure. But <laughs> no, I'm hitting a nice clean nine, not too hard, not too soft. Speaking of golf, because we've played some good rounds together, mm-hmm. can you give me one of your, like, in, well, maybe this is a quick uh, sag question. What's th- what's the best feeling in sports? Flushing an iron, hitting the center of a baseball bat where you don't feel the ball, uh, scoring a backdoor tap in on like an important game, jumping into the glass, like <laughs> I, you know, you, you know what that's I'm saying. A, that yeah, is a good sad question. Oh, I should have saved that one. Because <laughs> when I think about you know golf, when you pinch a seven iron. Is there no, is there something better than that? No, that's a pretty damn good feeling. Yeah. I, don't I mean, know. I've done I, it like three times in my life. And I think I gotta go with that because, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not playing baseball. Yeah. Right Have you now, guys ever hit a know? home run though? No. It's the most effortless thing in the ball. I would imagine that that yeah. is like you hit one. I've hit two. Crow foot. Hit two. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine in the in the grand scheme but, of sports, hey man, you're, still you're my asking feeling. the question like as though you've done it. You don't well, know. The, the home run in yeah. the grand scheme Softball. of sports, that's got to be the best feeling. It has to be. You got, and then you got yeah. a homer. 
Yeah, oh, yeah. and then you got to roll the bases by yourself. Hidden sweet spot, like you can't. Yeah, you, the crowd's going nuts. <laughs> okay, I think that would probably be my my pick. But flushing a seven to three feet would be nice too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys got anything else for him? Anything else you want to get off your chest, Dan? No, I I think uh, I I guess uh, what's the plan here for the next few weeks, boys? I. Not really. I'm not sure. I'd like to get an update from you guys. Where where are we at? When's the season starting? Though, why are you guys looking at me? Well, no, I. <laughs> uh, right now, we're currently in our spring program, so uh, we're just going to be finishing that up near end of April. Uh, then we're taking a week off. We're going on our staff retreat. Oh, oh no, boy. Oh, no. Oh, here we where's that? <laughs> well, we you got, we got people in the room that don't know about it yet, so we got to keep it a secret. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Oh, no. Yeah, oh, no. Good times I've been on, on one or two of those. Yeah, no, those are great. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, just a recharge before the offseason. We all know how that is. And then uh, offseason starting May 1st. and. Should be a pretty electric summer, but uh, oh yeah, there's yeah. been a lot of lot of teams. Are the teams that we've worked with had had quite good years Unreal and real years. Flames are yeah. one win away from yeah. uh, you know winning the league, and then uh, what else? We got the fire, uh, unfortunately, heartbreaker shootout loss oh. in provincials. Pretty wild in the final that in a shootout. Yeah, Dinos yeah. obviously won. How about hold on, the fire? I was talking to Summer yesterday. They played 20 minutes three on three. No goals scored. Oh, okay. Well, then there it no. is. The shots were wow. like 15, no, 15 to 3 or something. In the, for, in the, the, for the fire? fire? For the fire. No. Oh, wow. no goals scored in 20 minute 3 on 3. Wow. That's outrageous. <laughs> Defensive. Okay. How do you get three <laughs> shots on that? That's yeah. wild. Yeah. And they won. In 3 on 3. The other team won. Holy smokes. There's been a lot of good games, though, in this rank in the last uh, couple months. It's really been good yeah, to see. A lot of good energy yeah. in FDB. Yeah. You love to days. see it as a Northwest kid. <laughs> Great. Uh, well, appreciate it, buddy. That that was an amazing uh, chat with you and catching up. Yeah, great thanks, to see you. Thanks for coming in. It, it will likely won't be the last time we hear from Oli. We'll be getting him in on the podcast. He's got so much insight yeah. to offer these yeah. these athletes. He, his ability to, to make connections with these guys and, and give advice is, is something that I think yeah. everybody can listen to, especially if you're a, you're a young hockey player. But even if you're a person looking to get better, Oli's yeah. uh Always the the top of the line and one of the one of the best going. So yeah, thanks, thank you for coming on there, uh, Oli, and uh, you know best of luck, best of luck at the desk there. Yeah, I know you've been you. doing great things. <laughs> and it's coming. Yeah, yeah, but thanks, boys. I really appreciate it. It's been fun. Right on. Well, we got to get to our uh, sponsor. Okay. Um, you guys ever heard of Monogram Coffee? Oh, I visit there. Oh yeah, University District. Yeah. These guys pour one of the nicest cups of coffee in the city. If you're looking for a latte, cappuccino, flat white, uh, maybe a snack, snack, drip <laughs> coffee, Splash. no Earl Grey though. Splash of oat. Earl Grey sucks there, but that's <laughs> another story. Uh, these guys are electric. They're in the university district. We probably spend, I don't know, a thousand bucks a month. It feels like on team coffees. <laughs> Hopefully not that much, but Monogram Coffee. Check them out. They've been electric for us and keep us going. Um, as always, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Pinecast. I'm not sure if anyone knows what Pinecast is, but we're on there. And, uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure. And, and hopefully, if you guys have any specific things you want us to talk about, DM us, send us a message. Probably zero replies on that one, but we'll say it anyway. And follow us on Instagram. Thanks, boys. Thanks, sir. Love it. <laughs>